0: So welcome to Reality Time. I'm your host, B.C. Obateru. Reality Time is a podcast that facilitates a conversation between artistic organizations and startup and tech groups to explore how they can uh, help each other. And we hope to empower our audience with these inspiring people. Today on the show, we have Amy Lee from Dance for Healing. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you and uh, hear about the beautiful work that you do. So um, why don't you just tell us uh, in one sentence what you do?
1: We are leading the Teddy Health into physical rehab, progress um, on cancer patients and elders, and we'll expand out to other types of disease um, and caregivers and healthy people later.
0: Amazing. And how, And how? And what's your role in this and how... Yeah, what's your role in in um,
1: I'm a stage four cancer conqueror. Uh turned into a patient advocate. Wow. Uh, founder of the company.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm honored. Thank you. Um. Wow. I have a ton of questions now. Almost immediately. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- that's that's. Um. So, what was? Can you, Can you share a little bit of your story? Is that okay for me to ask about? Um,
1: yeah, sure, of course. Um, so I was accepted to a social entrepreneurship program in NASA back in 2012 um, after working at tech um, large internet company like Yahoo, at and and design agencies. I decided that I need some life change, and then I applied to this program, and I got a full scholarship. So while I was you know kind of like exciting the idea I'm gonna do my own thing I'm gonna be change the world and halfway do that program I was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer so this is back in 2012 and we are um, based in NASA we have a lot of very nerdy people from (laughs) 36 countries in my class and uh, there's a huge section about uh, biosensors so the program is kind of like inspire and um, Allow these entrepreneurs from all over the world to uh, not only receiving, uh, boot bootcamp style training and technology, okay. and also uh, enable them to find teammates and innovate in uh, okay. whatever doctor problem they're interested in. Okay. Um, because myself is getting very sick, and I always have an interest in healthcare, so I wanted to tackle the problem of stress um, because, I mean. Imagine myself was actually a marathon runner the year before cancer.
0: Okay. And even
1: at the time I didn't realize I have cancer, uh, I knew I was very sick. And so how do I turn into a stage 4 cancer patient in that year, you know, from a marathon runner? So when I look in my life pattern, I have a lot of stress, um, work, relationships, and uh, and which is why I decided to change, but in, in some ways it was too late. Um, so, the initial idea is actually very nerdy, you know, typical biosensor, you know, try to detect stress. And then, are like, oh, you can't tell people they're stressed, they're going to be even more stressed. And, like, pointing into their nose, like, "Are oh, you stressed. And they're like, I oh, no. And I then, be able to have the environment respond to their stress level and then maybe play some music for them. That would be a more effective way to manage their stress. So, that was just the initial idea, very tacky, very you know, ambitious and, and, you know, everybody loved the idea that was really difficult to build, um, you know, trying to detect stress, to the al- algorithm, able to combine different biosignals. signals. huh um, I had to um, put the project on hold um, after my final presentation, the day after my first AR chemo and radiation. Uh-huh. Um, you know, everybody loved the idea um, the school was very, very supportive. Um, when they learned that I have cancer, they just, you know, share with all the students and every day, you know, they dedicate somebody to take me to the hospital. Um, and then when they learn um, my first chemo was before my presentation, they report our video ahead of time. And then, you know, I finally was able to get onto the stage and then you know one of a standing ovation uh, but after that i had to pretty much put a project on hold wow. um then a year later after i finished my cancer treatment um during that whole period obviously i was too weak to do anything but i did a lot of um um reading um specific on stress and uh the power of music and dance uh and then it became a lot more clear um a year later when i attend this conference at stanford called design for dance okay and that everything just kind of you know started to crack like oh my god like the health benefit of you know dance you know it's actually a lot stronger than just music because you know there's music there's dance there's physical exercise there's this uh you know mental uh you know uh you know health benefits you know there's increase the serotonin oxytocins and then i started looking into a lot of research so apparently For cancer patients, uh creative arts therapy, improving quality of life for cancer patients by fifty percent and reducing pain by fifty nine percent. Wow. the pain data is especially impressive because the initial study finished at fifty four percent and the follow up uh, visit uh it went up to fifty nine percent, which means the benefit is you know not only um you know um valuable but also sustainable. Yeah. Right, and then uh, then I also realizing uh, there's a huge um, a gap between all these publishing medical studies and then the utilization of uh, dancing as a healing method in the healthcare. And so what we do is um, using tech to provide low cost at home care. Uh, do a web RTC platform that we built. Um, Just two weeks ago, I just came back from Vegas. We won the top prize uh, for the best use of AT&T WebRTC.
0: Okay. Uh, What what is that? Uh,
1: So WebRTC, um, imagine better version of Skype or Google Hangout where you can virtually dance together and, you know, interact with other patients, either through a buddy system or with other, um, you know, patients, kind of in like a team, you know, group classes type okay. of thing and do the internet and able to see each other on the screen. Because, um, you know, research shows that um, human support community is actually one of the most effective way of changing behaviors. Um, and then I, I'm, today I'm actually at Stanford and we start talking to collaborate with the um, Stanford D School. So uh, earlier they were just mentioning um, in their, in their um, death rates, apparently uh, the behavior uh, was 40% uh, counted for uh, the unexpected death. Um, so there's a lot of uh, uh, reasons that we need to create more effective behavioral change in health care. I see. Uh, not sick care, it should be health care.
0: Yeah, totally. Wow. T- t- Amy, I just want to say how inspired already I am because you talk about stage 4 cancer and you just kept on talking about how you pushed through and continued your work. But that's 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 a lot, you know, and and I think that as somebody who has experienced such um such a health issue and and working on solutions, your your approach and and your approach was different it seems like that affected the way you started to see that it's about community and it's about changing your behavior to actually support this um the the recent sickness or the the problem right
1: right right yeah yeah exactly and then also because a lot of these studies are actually um let's say the the study on cancer it's actually a review of about twenty Dutch paper, and it's by NIH Presidential Fellow, you know, which is kind of sad. Like, come on, it's by NIH, but like, you know, people just don't do anything with it, you know. And then there's study about dancing reduced risk of dementia by seventy six percent. That study is funded by National Institute of Aging and published in New England Journal of Medicine, which is one of the top medical journals. And then outer care, you know, is a huge, huge economic threat uh, to the US economy and to the entire world, you know, and dementia, uh, just all time itself, which is you know accounted maybe for half of the dementia, costs one out of every five dollars right now in Medicare. Uh-huh. And then uh by 2050, because of all the baby boomers, uh, time will cost one out of every three dollar in Medicare. You know, so you know, people need to know about, you know, these published medical studies and, you know, don't take it, you know, like not seriously. Like dance can really help, you know, we're not, mm-hmm. we're not just, you know, building uh, one small thing. We actually can really save people's lives.
0: Yeah, it's backed up by the numbers and there's there's science behind it. And I think a lot of people... Uh, go under the impression like oh art or dance woo woo it's not it's not scientific it's not a drug and it's like no you're not you're not educated in in that realm or you're not reading enough to see that there's been studies done in that realm and perhaps it's something that's really gonna benefit you in the long run versus spending so much money on pharmaceuticals Um, yeah,
1: yeah it can definitely be mo- one of the most cost effective way of healing yes and it's it's to be honest it's like one of the most traditional ancient healing methods right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean' I'm, I'm Nigerian so I know a lot about a lot about dancing as, as a way to uh, heal from um, a lot of social issues for one and then I, I I definitely can can see in my own life the the medical benefits because i don't have to end up in the hospital quite you know i've not been in the hospital a very long time
1: right right yeah because it not only would help you with um physical you know health it actually really improving your emotional health
0: yeah and that leads me to one of the questions i was going to ask you is that when you're doing so much and operating on such a high level how how often do you meditate in a day (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) i I suck in meditation, I have to be honest. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I took a a class at the Stanford Seeker Compassion Cultivation Training, which is actually eight weeks meditation training class. Um, And, you know, it was helpful, um, but I have to be honest because with my schedule, it's kind of crazy, you know, as a social entrepreneur. Um, I'm not very good with it, and, you know, I, I, I try and I didn't really uh, being very consistent with it. Uh, but dancing on the other hand, you know, because it's something I love and, you know, I enjoy doing it. You know, I try to go to, uh, in addition to our own program, I also try to go as much as I can to the gym. And that's kind of where I, you know, because there's certain days I might be stressed out and, and I'll just go to the gym and dancing it off. Afterwards, I'm all happy. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I mean, it seems like, I, you know, I am one of those people that actually believe that meditation can happen in the moment of flow. So I think that yeah. moment where you're going to the gym also, you know, counts as meditation because you're you're, you're, you're deep in a yeah. physical practice that quiets your mind. Right, and, right, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. yes yeah, so what's interesting about dancing how you mentioned that um so the study about the uh, dancing reduced risk of dementia by 76 percent uh, they said it's um because of rapid fire decision making on the fly uh okay. and they that study is a 21-year study they track walking biking running tennis golf uh and then reading writing solving puzzles and dancing turns out to be the only physical activity shows the result of reducing dementia in the highest number of auto-activated study. Uh, can you guess why?
0: Why? Um, I want to imagine that because you're engaging your, all your physical movements and probably putting your body in a state of flow. That's what I would go for is that why? right
1: well i think you kind of have right. so what they were saying is because a tribute to rapid fire decision making on the fly so we're breaking down um more to the neuroscience perspective your left side of brain is actually doing mathematic calculation of the musical beats and you have to transfer that signals to your hands your fingers your body and you have to decide on a split a second how do you use your body your fingers to count those beats at the same time and then also do it in an artistic, beautiful, expressive style, like your own style. So that is an intense amount of decision-making on the fly. Yeah. The learn of the other exercise um, asking you to do that.
0: I see. So walking, okay.
1: Yeah. Walking is repetition. Uh, you know, um, um, running still repetition. Uh, you know, bike, biking still repetition you know it was yeah it was really interesting when you break down to that kind of level everything start making sense so i like your analogy of that could be a type of meditation because you know it is that full-on green engagement that completely sort of take you out of that mental state or whatever the daily stress that you might be facing
0: yeah wow i did not know that i am so excited i love dancing i'm gonna dance a lot (laughs) this year (laughs) thank you so much amy (laughs) Um, it would
1: definitely help you reduce the risk of dementia.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, and and you know, it's it's one of the things that um, it's I think it's genetic for me to have uh, Alzheimer's in my family. So, I mean, oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. So share so, um, so with your family member, too.
0: Definitely. And I hope the audience uh, listening to this will also appreciate getting some of those facts. Um, so just a few more questions for you. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so happy. Um, um, so I think I'm curious about funding how you go about funding and how does funding work for your organization um I know a lot of times social entrepreneurs um encounter that problem, but it seems like you you are very effective at communicating how um important this um activity is for for healing and so i'm I'm just curious about how funding goes for you or how some of the challenges yeah, you
1: might be facing so, in that space yes so uh, you're definitely right um i was fortunate enough to have some advisors and then also because of my own background um i was focusing more on the patient experience and then the product itself so we have actually intentionally bootstrapped and uh we are currently providing a program for stanford cancer supported care program uh we're also setting up a clinical trial, uh, applying for government grants. Um, and then I'm going to start sub- setting up our, um, other first, uh, innovative program in outer care and four centers in Oakland, uh, as part of their uh, government PACE program, PACE stands for patient all-inclusive care for elders. Okay. Um, so we at a point that was kind of intentionally bootstrap until we validate two business models, one in cancer care and the one in elder care. And then um, right now I'm actually working with my business partner um, in kind of this sort of intense amount of, uh, uh, you know, sort of um, financial projections and looking into different, uh, you know, detailed sectors. Um, And then we're going to start doing our first fundraising. So I have people sort of kind of interested before, but I, kind of postpone the meeting because um, I didn't really want to reaching out for outside funding until we make sure there is a market need for this. Okay. Uh, our product are meeting, uh, you know, user needs. Um, and then, you know, that's been validated both in the cancer care and in outer care because both the clients actually, they're the one for reaching out to us, like Stanford, Literally, like invited me to join as part of the cancer supported care program. And in this outer care program, you know, they just heard about us because we were doing a presentation in a, a health tech conference um, as part of the keynote open dance. And one of the keynote speakers was so impressed by us and just mentioned it to them and they got very interested in reaching out to me. And you know, also with that kind of traction, now we start realizing Oh, okay. So it's time to go and we should reach out for outside funding, and then so that we can really scale. Um, and um, that's my story. I don't know how other people uh, run it. Um, I, I guess if you you know follow up with me in a couple of months, and then you will know you know um, you know how our fundraising goes.
0: Okay, um, I definitely would love to. And it seems like you are <laughs> definitely um, providing information for a sector that really needs it. And, and that's, that's what I'm hearing that is making like the connections just kind of um, lead to some um, catalytic, um collaborations.
1: Right, yeah. right. And then what's interesting is um, in our strategy, I don't know how other people do their, um, their pitch decks, but in us, because we actually have paid clients, um, and then we um, kind of structure in a way when we're doing our financial projection, we show them our organic growth would be uh, like if we, you know, just do it ourselves. You know, we can survive, um, but it will be much slower versus if have outside fundings, and this will kind of like you know um, really kind of um, make our grow much faster. And we compare both of them so we can justify why do we need money
0: yeah i see yeah i think um yeah we'll definitely follow up and see um where you're going but i wish you all the best and i'm glad that you're finding uh funding and it's not as challenging in in your in your space right now
1: yeah well, let's see what we find out in a couple of months <laughs>
0: okay all right i'm very optimistic for you uh okay. call me anytime you want someone to dance please <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, our regular program usually is in the Bay Cup Cupertino, uh, the program for Stanford. um And then we are setting up programs in Oakland. So it depends on where you are. Okay. You
0: know, I'm definitely in Oakland, San in Francisco. Depth. Definitely, definitely. Um, I have one more question, and this is about um so it's been brought to my attention that, you know, in as, as entrepreneur as a f- woman or female entrepreneur there's so yeah. that you might you know there's there's a tendency to be um objectified or humiliated in in the business world and mm-hmm. um I want to ask this question to empower our audience in 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 case you've encountered it yourself and some of the ways you've been able to um rise above that or deal with some of those cases and if you have not and um maybe how you would advise or just some of the resources that are out there to help women who encounter such um um, right.
1: um so um I think um I I personally hasn't been a big um issue. Um and I think because my story is so I powerful in some ways uh you know people tend to empathize with me before they judge me Um, but i i do notice because the fact that my background is mostly in um, internet technology and innovation and i didn't have a healthcare background you know my background in healthcare is mostly as a patient right um and you know people tend to take me more seriously um when they um realize all these data that I mentioned because I'm not a doctor but they are a published study. They start taking me more seriously in you know, reference these data when they realise I actually work with Stanford, you know, um providing cancer supported
0: It's
1: kinda of like one of those things that they of represent. I think we're I
0: think losing for what a bit. being
1: Self so confident it's probably the most important thing um you know and then i have her because i spoke at the self South by was at a panel called women needing changes in digital health and we have one of the women already saying that uh, um you know it was difficult for her to raise funding uh because the investor just wouldn't take her seriously you know and, and my response for that is that you know um I mean investor is a long term partnership, you know, so you want to be careful and choosy about whoever the investor you want to invite into your company too. I and see. if somebody is not appreciating your value, they're probably not your good investors. You know, so you just like always have um, I think maintain that optimism, um, you know, like always like being positive and taking it like a okay, I would talk to you and then, you know, if you're not you're not interested you know just kind of turn around and say bye. like you know like next person right yeah. just kind of take that mentality um you know for anything you do you know like whether it's reaching out for fun thing or you know trying to get. It. one person doesn't work, smile and say bye okay next right <laughs> you know don't waste your time on the people who doesn't value you
0: yeah so yeah don't and don't don't um basically short yourself or like accept to be devalued just for funding. So Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, any investor that you get into is a long term relationships. Yeah. And then if they're not the right investor, you just causing yourself more trouble down the road.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. Thank you so much, yep. Amy. And then
1: one thing I wanna mention uh your podcast um, is about art and innovation. So I will be speaking in South by Southwest this year in uh, a panel called Bring Music, Art, and Dance to Help Tech Innovation. It's uh, part of the Interactive uh, Festival um, in the truck of uh, Art, Science, and Inspiration. Yeah. On Saturday morning, um, March 12th, uh, 9.30 to 10.30 at South by Southwest. Okay. Uh,
0: Yeah. So if any of your
1: audience goes to South by, um, make sure to check us out.
0: Definitely. We'll reach out. And I'm sure most of the Pandora folks who are going to be there would stop by. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. We really appreciate you sharing your story. And um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with?
1: Website is uh, www.danceforheating.com. Uh, please like uh, our Facebook page. Uh, it's Facebook Dance um, for Heating, but it's Dance for Heating, and our website is Dance for Lumber Four. Here um, is also Dance for Heating uh, with the number Four. The only thing we couldn't secure was Facebook somehow doesn't allow Lumbers. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know, connect with us. We do have a holiday um, camping, uh, New Year camping right now. If people are interested, uh, you can go to be Lit, um, dance for healing dash fundraiser. Uh, you know, um, we are getting pretty good but you know, we still need uh, you know some money to be raised uh, okay. to help with the uh, you know cancer support care program. So, you know, if you uh, guys can visit the link, uh, um, uh, dash, fundraiser That would be wonderful.
0: Wonderful. I will put all the tags and links onto the um, podcast so that our audience can just click onto it and um, get connected.
1: Yeah, awesome. I can provide those to you too. Thank
0: you. That would be wonderful. Amy, it was such a wonderful time to chat with you. And that's it for Reality Time. Till next time, all the best.
1: Okay, great. Thank you so much.
0: No problem. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Amy. Wow, that was so inspiring. And it is so wonderful to hear that art and dancing completely contributes to our health. Amy Lee from Dance for Healing. We'll have the links for you below the podcast. And feel free to connect. This podcast is brought to you by Merchants of Reality, and we host events. And the next event that we have coming up is called 100 Years From Now, Your Bones Will Be Different. Check out the website, and we'll see you next week.